1: if I had told you going into this offseason that the number was 12 years and $430 million for Mike Trout to stay with the Angels for the rest of his career, would you have taken the over or would you have taken the under? This is not your personal opinion. This is what you think the Angels would have given him. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> put me on the spot here. I asked you uh, if you were ready before we started, and it doesn't seem like you're ready. So Clearly,
0: I was not ready. Shape up. Um, you know, I probably... Would have taken the under on that in part just because I had no idea the Angels were going to do this with Mike Trout. Like, when have they given any indication that they had an interest in uh, making him a part of their long, long-term future? Uh, so uh, you could have told me he was going to get zero years, zero dollars, and <laughs> I would have I would have probably agreed with you on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think we actually talked on a podcast about how the Angels. Well, there was the story that after. The Bryce contract the Angels had offered him offered Trout ten years three fifty or whatnot and we laughed at them, and that was like a that was like a hang the phone up and like you don't get a second call kind of offer. But apparently he didn't hang the phone up and they did get a second call because they got a chance to offer the largest contract in North American sports history and also the largest contract in baseball history. Obviously Trout's gonna probably spend the rest of his career with the Angels. For some reason, this dude fucking loves Anaheim. I don't understand it, but he's the only person on earth that loves Anaheim. Sorry to all of our listeners in Anaheim. Uh, $430 million is like half of what what Trout's worth, right? Uh, Yeah.
0: If you had told me that there was a player this offseason who was going to sign a 12-year, $430 million deal, Trout would not have been... On my list, I would have been like, he's worth way more. Like, that's Harper yeah. money. That's Machado money, right? Yeah. There.
1: Like 12 years, 700 million is what Trout's probably worth. Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's like without franchise. even adjusting for inflation, but whatever. Yeah. We couldn't do a podcast without starting off with the biggest news of the past week since we last put out our last episode, but that's not what this podcast is going to be. This podcast is going to be the tipping pitches annual season preview. Because it's our last podcast before the season starts, Alex. What the hell? The season is here. Hell yeah. I am so
0: ready. You have no idea. I'm like getting antsy just thinking about it. I have my outfit picked out for Thursday. <laughs> I'm going to rock my A's Cespedes shirt. Yeah. Like I'm prepared to, to
1: just like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I knew you would be. I knew you would be ready. Although technically your season already started. So where was that outfit for when they went 0-2 versus the Baroners in Japan? Ouch. <laughs> Roast me. I'm kind of coming after the A's hard this year.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. It's fine. We're gonna be a 97-win team. we got a target on our
1: back now. That's a lot of games, man. I can't believe they won that many games last year. I can't either. Um, I don't even think they can. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we are going to, similar to last year, we are going to do an all-gift draft. We'll explain that when we get to it. And we're also going to premiere a new weekly segment called Three Up and Three Down. Before we do all that, and before we celebrate the arrival of the 2019 baseball season, 50 years from when the Mets won their first World Series, I'm just gonna put that out into the ether and let that float for the next hour while we do this podcast. I am Bobby Wagner and I am joined by the $430 million man, Alex Baisley. And this is Tipping Pitches. All right. So as I said, we're going to be debuting a new segment called three up, three down. Uh, And essentially what it is, is I don't really know. We're going to figure it out on the way. But (laughs) (laughs) we were having a discussion before this podcast started about how we were going to message this new segment. But uh, essentially what it is, is it's a power ranking of the nine most important things in our baseball world this week. So the people, the places, the ideas the things that we care about in this specific week. And every week we are going to update a web post on tippingpitches.adavis.com with our respective rankings. All nine will be laid out there. But we're only going to go through the three that are moving the most. So whichever ones are trending up, whichever ones are trending down, those are the ones we're going to talk about on the podcast. And if you want to see the rest, you can check out the website. Uh, this week, because it's the original, uh, uh, the first week that we're doing this, we're going to run through all nine really quickly, and I don't want to waste any more time. So, Alex, are you ready? I am so ready, Bobby. Do you want to add anything about the concept of three up, three down? Nothing except let us know how this goes because <laughs> if it's insanely confusing,
0: <laughs> we should probably change it. Um, but yeah, it's just the things that are like at the top of our mind that are fun or not so fun that we think is worth
1: mentioning. Honestly. We've never changed anything else because it's insanely confusing about the podcast. So why not just keep powering through? Facts. If anything, this is just a good opportunity to do a segment that is named cool. Three up, three down is a great name for a segment. So why not just power through it? All right. Why don't you start us off? Number nine. Uh starting off at number nine,
0: I guess I'll just say this because uh because we just talked about him. Uh Mike Trout was on my mind this week and My love for him just continues to rise every single day. And frankly, I was really glad that we just got like one whole day on Twitter dedicated to people talking about Mike Trout. Like it was the most glorious 24 hours ever because it still feels like we don't talk about uh, the
1: best player to ever play the game enough. (laughs) So, uh, So cheers to Mike Trout. Yeah, we probably don't talk about him enough, but you're right. A whole day dedicated to how much better he is than everyone else at everything. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, my number nine, stolen bases and the players who steal them. I've been thinking a lot about heading into this new season, the trends that I want to see go the other direction from what we've seen in the last like five years or so. And obviously, it's been much written about and much talked about how stolen bases are kind of being phased out of the game, or I guess have been phased out of the game, or kind of post that revolution. Um, And so the teams that are maybe the most interesting to me this year are the teams that are going to... Zig while the rest of the league is zagging. And I want to see if that's going to be a total train wreck or if it actually might work. So I, I mentioned it last week with you in Austin, but the Royals are going to try to run a lot this year. And as much as I hate the Royals and as much as I'm kind of over Ned Yost and his like bullshit, I'm kind of excited to see them try to just send Mondesi on every every time he gets a single, just try to send him to second and then maybe potentially send him to third. Since I was watching highlights of him before this and he stole third, he stole third with a lefty batter at the plate and it was against the Astros who are not just like a team of AAA dudes. So I don't know. It's going to be fun. Stolen bases and people who steal them. That's my number nine. I'm
0: so about that. I, we've talked so much about how we need more stolen bases in baseball. And frankly, I can't really name very many players who steal lots of bases Like right four now. of them
1: are on the Royals. <laughs> like,
0: like the majority of them are on the Royals. Uh, <laughs> That's probably but, a
1: bad sign. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, hard agree on that one. Uh, my number eight, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, this Rangers two pound chicken tender that they will be selling <laughs> at the ballpark this year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Teams just really want to up the ante, uh, like every single year on the novelty food items that they sell at the ballpark. And first of all, they're definitely gonna kill someone. Like, whether it's trying to shove that thing down your throat and you choke or it just slowly clogs your arteries. But I think my favorite thing about all these novelty food items is that you can never even find them at the park. Like they make for good uh, Twitter photos and then I get to the park and I'm like, what was that thing that the Mets were advertising? I don't really remember. And even if I could remember, I don't really know how to find it because it's probably at like one specific stand on like the, the fourth level of the concourse. So I'm really just going to opt for a sausage because that's the easiest thing. But uh, but thank you it's to like the Rangers. It's like Shake Shack at Citi Field Day.
1: where you like you just yeah. can't get it because you have to go to Dead Center and there's like a 45 minute line. You're like, why did they yeah, even come exactly. here? I could have just like, went to Shake Shack the- in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right, my number eight. Reddit.com backslash r backslash MLB streams is oh, yeah. honestly the hero of my life. It changed everything. You don't have to spend any money to watch any baseball games. Reddit streams are where I go for basically all of my sporting events that aren't on ESPN because I still crib my parents' ESPN login for for uh watch ESPN online. And in other sports, you know, sometimes in basketball, sometimes in football, it's hard to find a good stream on Reddit just because there are less games, I think. So like the leagues and the TV channels can police them a little bit better. And sometimes those streams get shut down. But literally every single baseball game is just the, the clear, perfect MLB TV feed is on Reddit. And I am just eternally thankful for those, those warriors out there who are braver than the troops streaming to me my baseball in the middle of May on a Tuesday when I have nothing better to do. Seriously, uh not the not the hero we need but the
0: the heroes we deserve honestly. I think I need it's and like deserve we, them honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I've put in a if lot of time have, being a
1: baseball fan. I think I deserve it.
0: <laughs> if we if we can't have universal health care, we should at least have universal baseball streams like <laughs> baby steps, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> that really is sweet. self-care if we're being honest.
0: <laughs> yes. All right, number 7. Uh this was on my mind this week In fact for maybe like an evening, it was. I, I was thinking about this, and then it passed because the the Reds had to go and burst our all of our collective bubbles. Um, but the Reds posted a picture of Joey Votto with the most glorious mustache you have oh ever my seen. God. Yeah, and it was beautiful, and it seriously made my night. It made my heart swell. And then two hours later, they posted a tweet, uh, a picture of him with no mustache, and frankly. It was the the largest roller coaster of emotions that I have ever been on, and uh,
1: and it brought me to a real low point. He looks like the type of baseball player who should have a mustache. Yeah, he should just have a mustache, no batting gloves, and he should choke up on every swing. <laughs> so be Evan Gaddis. Yeah, <laughs> except Evan Gaddis has a huge beard. I know. Evan Gaddis looks like he's at fucking Alamo Draft House on a fucking Wednesday watching a Fellini film. <laughs> Uh, okay number seven it goes in tandem with my number eight because I'm a professional Uh, number seven is watching baseball at work Uh, Mm. I miss it it's important to me and I am lucky enough to have a job where watching baseball at work is part of my job which is a cool thing Um, I I mean I don't have anything else to say about it getting to watch a baseball game after my day at work has slowed down a little bit and being able to clock those hours is uh, it's important to me and so That's been on my mind recently a lot because I started to do it during spring training, but then things got kind of busy. But now that the season itself is actually starting, I can justify it and I can throw the Mets on in the background and the A's on in the background. And of course, the Giants, my favorite baseball team ever this year on in the background. And even maybe a little bit of the Twins, which is your favorite baseball team this year. So I'm doing that at work. I'm getting those hours. I'm watching those baseball games. Let's do it. I seriously cannot wait
0: to just have baseball on in the background like 24-7. And I know that like the majority of this podcast is going to be like, it's baseball season, everyone. And we're really excited. But like, it's baseball season, everyone. And we're and really excited. we <laughs> really excited. <laughs> All right. My number six. Uh, we were just talking about how more baseball players should have mustaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep this uh, this theme going. And, uh, and I want to talk about Matt also. Chapman's. I am a professional also. I want to talk about Matt Chapman's mustache. I don't know if I can talk about this. <laughs> I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings
1: about this. And I'm Matt being, Chapman's mustache, some thoughts, a thread, <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> my column. <laughs> I
0: I uh, I just I just don't know. I just don't know that it, that it works for him. Um, and I'm constantly confronted with pictures of it on basically a daily basis because I follow a lot of A's feeds on Twitter. And Wait, are you from Oakland? Uh, no, I'm not from Oakland. Actually, <laughs> um, it just kind of it. Instead of looking like the the luscious like Joey Votto like thick mustache, it looks kind of like the the 16 year old who has just realized that he can grow a mustache, <laughs> and he's just like kind of trying it out to see how it works. Like it doesn't really make him look any older. It just makes him look like a little bit creepy but my brother did suggest the nickname Matt Stashman. Ha. So uh so I guess we have we have that to go off of. He
1: looks like Josh Hutcherson in a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I kind oh, of like Maddie. it. I mean, I respect the flex. I respect that he's just going for it. I mean, he has nothing to lose. He's just out here just being a kid, man. We all tried a mustache once. I didn't really. It's not. A, it's not <laughs> mustaches are generally not a great look unless you're Joey Fado. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He'll learn one day. We've all we've all gone through that stage. I'm going the other way. I support Matt Stashman. Yeah. And shout out to all Toby right. for coming up with that name. Hell yeah! All right, number six for me. My good luck charm and superstition routine this year. So every year I've, I've kind of stuck to the same good luck charms, same superstitions, and. I've tried to carry that over from the 2015 season when the Mets obviously made the World Series and everything collapsed in front of our very eyes. But I I've, I've been thinking a lot recently and I haven't come to a decision yet, but I felt like I've been thinking about it enough to make it to put it in the middle of my list somewhere. I've been thinking about what should be my routine this year. You know, this is my first full baseball season in a new city. I'm going to be watching in different ways, I'm going to be watching with different people. I'm going to be seeing Different live games, you know. I'm gonna be my my go to is gonna be the Dodgers, and maybe sometimes the Angels when when it's a weekend and I can stomach that trip all the way to Orange County, Mike Trout's favorite place in the world. And so I, I think I feel like a, I'm vibrating on a different frequency when it comes to the baseball world this year because I'm so far from home base, which is Citi Field, of course, in Queens. That I don't know if I should mix up my superstitions routines. You know, I don't know if I should rock a different Mets shirt for different days. I don't know if I should buy a new jersey. I probably will buy a new jersey, you know? I don't know if I should call my mom after every Mets win or every other Mets win. (laughs) I just need to make decisions about my superstitions and my good luck charms this year, and I'm gonna do that before Thursday, and I will let the people know. So maybe that'll be one of my three up, three down next week.
0: Yeah, please report back on what you settle on for your superstitions. Uh, and I love that superstitions are something that you can just like kind of settle on from year to year because, you know, it's like a, it's like a religion. It's, <laughs> it's whatever you make of it.
1: My no. superstition's a thread. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, all right, number five for me, going off the A's theme from my last pick, uh, that's Jerickson Profar in an A's uniform. Yeah. Oh my God. I've been thinking about this all week long. Yeah. Because in that in that opening game in Japan against the Mariners, he looked so good in the high socks and the uh, white cleats. And he was rocking like a yellow belt. It was it was beautiful and i'm not even kidding i started looking up prices of jerks pro far jerseys <laughs> even though he's has like a year left on his contract he's very quickly becoming w- like one of my new favorite a's players just because he's incredibly fun and apparently incredibly fashionable fashionable too so
1: yeah he's got a lot of swagger he has like the one uh the one sleeve the high socks like you mentioned and he's just kind of fluid when he's like fielding a ground ball and stuff like that it's just got nice motion and everything I'm happy for you that you have another infielder to be excited about in your team this year the The way that my mind
0: works is that if you were good like six years ago or like we're supposed to be good six years ago yeah. like you're still good in my <laughs> head like Jerickson Profar is still a 19 year old prospect with like a sky's the limit ceiling to me. Yeah, not he's not like 258
1: the, and 10 home runs.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's still good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm ex- I'm still I'm still excited to see how it goes, but I uh yeah, I my mind doesn't probably doesn't work how it should, which is maybe not uh, what I should be saying on a podcast where I pretend to know about baseball. But uh, but there you go, Jerickson Profar, love of my life.
1: I think like forty percent of my Jerickson Profar optimism is because his name is Jerickson Profar. Can't forget that eighty eighty grade baseball name. Yeah, really good baseball name. Profar yeah. sounds like some kind of like. I don't know, like Profar and Associates. Like He's like a lawyer or a doctor or something. It's just an <laughs> amazing name. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number five. I'm a, I'm a loyal, dedicated follower of the Mets on Instagram. I've, I like every single picture that they post that I see. And a few of those pictures recently have been of my, my true love, the, the prospect that was promised, Ahmed Rosario, <laughs> looking very happy as he, does, as he has a good spring training and so my number five is Ahmed Rosario looking happy. That's very important to me in this, this world where the baseball season is starting. Rosario has not had the first season and a half that many people expected him to when he was the top rated prospect heading into last year or heading into when he was called up at September of two years ago. But that's not to say that he hasn't had a lot. He hasn't shown a lot of positive signs. He's obviously really toolsy. He's really fast. He's really raw. He strikes out way too much but I'm hoping that this can potentially be a breakout season for him. And he's honestly one of the most handsome Mets of my entire life. Like he's so ridiculously charismatic and he seems like he's such a fun fucking hang and just his propensity to just dye his hair and, and try things out and swing at sliders that are three feet away from him. Like, you know, it's all kind of fun a little bit. So if, as long as he's doing things that make him happy, I'm happy. And that's why he is my number five on three up three down this week.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because there's a bit of a uh, I guess vacuum, so to speak, in the hearts of Mets fans this year. Not to speak for all Mets fans, but um, I know that much to uh, our chagrin, Mets fans have a deep love for Jose Reyes. Yeah, and uh, and Mets fans also, well deserved, have a deep love for David Wright. And so, with both those kind of veteran players gone, uh, it's kind of an opportunity for like the, the young guard to step up. And it, and it opens up an opportunity for more and more people to shower Ahmed Rosario with love. And I'm excited to see uh, him and Robinson Cano on the same infield because that's just going to be a, a joy to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh, a middle infield duo, uh, you know, a double play turn of Robinson Cano and Ahmed Rosario. Hopefully Rosario can clean up the defense a little bit, make it a little, just get a little sharper, make fewer errors this year. Um, But that middle (laughs) infield pairing is really exciting to me. It's really exciting to me for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that I think a lot of the reason that Jose Reyes was embraced was not only because he was very fun at the time and he was young and he was part of that crop with David Wright, but, you know, the Mets have a lot of Hispanic fans and having a middle infield pairing of Rosario and Cano is a really cool thing because those guys are both going to be faces of the franchise this year for better or for worse, depending on how they play and depending on how this Cano-Diaz trade works out. But I I think that's important both in terms of like on-field product but also important in terms of representation to the Queens community. Big Ahmed Rosario stands over here. Yes, huge. Uh, You're up to number four now?
0: Yeah, I'm at number four right now. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the Mets because I'm also going to mention the Mets, although I'm not going to mention them in such a positive light. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's Uh, get it. (laughs) uh, I have been thinking a lot about the Mets' relationship with their pitchers this week. Mm. Uh, Specifically, one pitcher named Noah Syndergaard, who has uh, not been been quiet, voicing his (laughs) displeasure with some of the front office moves as of late. I
1: thought about putting Uh, this on my list. Yeah. Uh, this would have been a big topic of conversation had we not been doing the preview episode. This would have yeah, been... Yeah, we would have talked about it anyway. For like 35 um, minutes. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> so with regards to the Mets signing Jacob deGrom, he said that the Mets should, quote, quit all the fuss and pay the man, which, y- yeah, we l- stand. I, think, I think you agree <laughs> with that. I think every Mets fan agrees with that. Absolutely. Uh, and then he also came out and basically blasted the team for organizing this, like... Pre opening day workout in Syracuse, New York. Like Saratoga the bef-
1: to Syracuse road trip. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. And then back to Washington the next day for their opening game. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess a weird move on the, on the Mets part. Um, <laughs> and Syndergaard made his displeasure known. Let's just say that. And, uh, <laughs> It's this. In, I will put a link to this interview exchange in the description because it's insanely Is there a video good. of it's, that? I don't know that there's a video. I do yeah, just. I, I just want to read this scrub. like back and this back and forth real quick. Uh, this is uh, Tim Britton uh, tweeted out this exchange, and so Britton goes, uh, "Do the other guys feel the same way? Absolutely. Did you voice that at all? We tried, but it doesn't really do much. You been Relatable. to Syracuse? Never been." <laughs> Looking forward, not even in the slightest bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Bets fan?
1: My fellow Ringer coworker Michael Palman, has been um, adamant that Noah Syndergaard is not going to have as good of a season as we want him to because he's been showing too many signs of being weird. Weird baseball <laughs> player disease is what he's been calling it, I think. <laughs> like he's been giving a, like he did that weird, like, shaved the side of his head thing but kept the rest of his hair and he's been like kind of going after it in the uh in the media this offseason and he's had some weird tweets but he's always had weird tweets and stuff but um he's just like trending in a weirder and weirder direction and not necessarily to mean that that's good or bad but he just yeah. thinks that once you reach a certain level of weirdness you can't be good at baseball anymore <laughs> to that I say Joey Votto but um how do I how do I feel about this um yeah. Quick we reacts. should 30 seconds. We should call out injustice in the world where we
0: see it. <laughs> <laughs> Best part of the exchange is Tim Britton going, plus you've got that long bus ride to Sarasota. And Syndergaard goes, can't forget that. Thanks for reminding me. It's great. I can't wait. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Passive
1: aggressive king. Wow. Okay. Let's move on before I combust. Yeah. Number four. Having an event that will get me out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have an excuse to leave my apartment except to go to work because I I have lived here for eight months and I really don't know anyone that I don't work with yet. So um, baseball is going to be that event for me. It's going to be the thing that gets me out to get some fresh air. I'm going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money as well in Chavez Ravine this year. And I'm excited for that. I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm ready to do stuff, man. I'm going to a game on Friday
0: nice. Open, opening weekend, not
1: opening day, but it's going to be the Dodgers um, because I live in Los Angeles now. Are you used to that yet? Because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> they're playing the Diamondbacks, who are a less fun team than they used to be without Paul Goldschmidt, but that's fine. It's still opening weekend. still the Dodgers. I would it's say... It's still baseball, man. That's what matters. Hell yeah. It's still a Dodger dog, my guy. <laughs> and it's also like 75 degrees in LA, so let's get it. I know. Yeah, it's not fair.
0: I think I'm going to go see like a, like a a midweek... Mets game next week. Uh, playing playing none other than my very own thir- third favorite team, the Minnesota Twins.
1: <laughs> Wait, they're
0: already doing uh,
1: interleague? I don't know, man. I'm just wondering the same thing. Well, that's weird. Baseball's uh, weird. I'm gonna be really sad when you go see the Mets without me. Uh, I'm sorry. God, that's gonna be on my Flight, list next week. Fly New York, coward. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right number three
0: well I'm kind of mad at you because you scooped me on my uh, on my number three by mentioning this like last segment but uh extensions mm. lots of extensions happening. Um, but but beyond that actually uh, is the what this made me think about a lot is that it's definitely definitely collusion. Like, yes, let's, it is let's definitely collusion. Let's let's take a look at the entire off where free agents signed abhorrent contracts, and then right before the season starts, you see teams signing players to deals, many of which turn out to be insanely team friendly, like Eloy Jimenez, uh, who the White Sox top prospect who just signed basically through his arbiers and everything like that. Yeah, Luis Super Severino team- also. Yeah, Severino signed, uh, Verlander signed like a fine deal. Um, but the, the cherry on top of all of this is Mike Trout basically saying out loud to reporters, he said, yeah, I looked at Harper and Machado and saw how free agency went for them. And so I figured I better sign. So the owner's plan worked everyone. It was collusion. There's proof. Maybe it's not the it's not the the Mueller collusion that uh, that, that some people may have been hoping for, but
1: uh, it's the next best thing. I can't believe you dropped a Mueller collusion <laughs> reference yeah. into our podcast. Absolutely, um, it's very serendipitous that you say that because my next one, num- my number three, is the concept of fair labor in baseball, <laughs> <laughs> which is oh, good. basically perpetually in my top three because it's most of what I think about when yeah. I think about baseball players. Yeah, you pretty much said it all. And so did Mike Trowell. I mean, it's most definitely some form of collusion, whether it's like a wink and a nod collusion or whether it's an outright we-sent-emails-and-text-messages collusion. I hope it's the second one so that the players have a better case when they sue the shit out of those billionaires. But (laughs) um, the concept of fair labor in baseball is not in a great place. Although, I mean, the extensions are... They are what they are. And it's good that they're getting any contracts (laughs) (laughs) Um, after the offseason that we just saw but uh, I think that we should not forget that the guys that we've seen signing extensions are like generationally talented players and the middle class is more or less gone and the lower class of baseball players doesn't get to negotiate their salaries really (laughs) so there's that and the lowest (laughs) class of baseball players are minor leaguers and they don't even get paid enough to eat so we're still there and we're not going to go on the same rant that we go on every week, but um, more on that in future and plenty of that in past episodes.
0: Uh, let's move on. Number two. All right. Number two. This has been on my mind all week long because basically this is the, uh, we be- only have two real baseball games to go off of yet. So mm-hmm. I'm pulling pretty heavily from this from my list. Um, uh, Tim Beckham's bat flip when he homered is the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. And let me just say, I'm so happy that baseball's back because it means that bat flips are back too. And I know he homered against the A's off Ryan Dole, but cut four, put up a Twitter video of his bat flip on a loop. And it's just the most like perfect thing you could even imagine. Like imagine the most perfect bat flip in your mind. Like like that's it. It was just like 80 grade sp- 80-grade spin rate. yeah, the spin. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. uh, Perfect release from the hand. Um, I
1: don't know. It was good. Baseball's good. Bat flips are good. Essentially, a bat flip, the form of a bat flip is you're holding the bottom of the knob and you actually flip it. Right? Too many guys just throw it these days. Yeah. And that's fine, too. If you want to, you know, Batista it up a little bit, that's the most legendary bat flip of all time. However... The flip is very important, and it's something that we talked about. Remember, we taught we had uh, Mina Kimes on to talk about her bat flip story from the KBO, and we also you talked about it with Sungmin Kim. That's something that they do a lot better than American players do. Is they just really just fling it, man? You know, they yeah. throw it almost like a frisbee. Sometimes it's lightweight, dangerous, but they they have it down to a science. So <laughs> I trust them with my life, and I trust them with my baseball fandom. Um, yeah, more bat flips, Tim Beckham. Keep on keeping on, my guy. Hell yeah. All right, number two. Number two, and I say this begrudgingly because I never let myself get into it before this year, but this year I'm more into it than anyone could or should ever be, and it's fantasy baseball. (laughs) 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 So, Alex, you know this, but the listeners probably do not. I have not played fantasy baseball, like, officially. You know, I've, like, talked with friends about their teams, and I've thought about playing fantasy baseball haven't actually been in a league since like middle school and the last fantasy league that I was in was a fantasy basketball league in high school and I've never played fantasy football. I think fantasy sports are anxiety inducing and um, that's it pretty much that's how I feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) So much anxiety (laughs) that I can't even think of something else to describe it as. I'm an insanely competitive person and I hate losing and I know that I'm not going to be able to enjoy baseball the same way that I did last year. I'm hoping that Something is the silver lining in this, but I'm in two fantasy baseball leagues this week, this year. One at work, and then one that's work adjacent. And um, the work adjacent one is very specific. It's it's AL only, and it's an auction keeper league, and it's <laughs> there's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And you know that I've been stressing this week. The draft is next Sunday, so yeah. Um, that's basically. I can't believe that's not number one, but I I, I didn't put it at number one because I want to think about the actual game. As number one, so I didn't want to put something that's fantasy baseball related number one. But here on my list, number two, I have fantasy baseball parentheses ugh. <laughs> I am.
0: <laughs> I can't believe you're parentheses ugh. Like I'm so excited for fantasy baseball this year. Like I have my four teams. I got a draft tomorrow. You're I such the, a oh dork, though. I know, I
1: know, but I love it. Listen, I'm ready to
0: get my spreadsheets.
1: I'm pulling working. from a sample size. I have a spreadsheet going to Excel. My Excel. I'm dusting off my the old uh, pivot table skills on Excel. Yeah. My my sample size for fantasy baseball is you for the last four years that I've known you, which is a long amount of time that we've known each other. Congrats to us being friends yeah. this long. Is you for the last four years watching like a like like a Tigers Twins game in August and like someone singling up the middle and you being like fuck shit <laughs> and, me, and me just being like you don't care about either of these teams and neither of these teams are in playoff contention and the indians are 25 games up despite yeah. their owner not will- being willing to spend enough money to keep francisco lindor and yet you're cursing because of a single up the middle and a meaningless game in august and i'm like yeah. what's going on and you're like i had the pitcher on my fantasy team and i'm like is that what this is supposed to be is this the payoff yeah. Am I supposed to well, accept this as the fun part? When you're I won, cursing so y- Yes, that is the payoff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. The payoff is camaraderie, I guess. I have a yeah. I have a co-owner in this fantasy league, and he seems like a really cool guy, so <laughs> that's my payoff, I guess. <laughs> Solidarity with the pain of other fantasy owners. <laughs> Great. All right.
0: My number one. And it, it had to be this, even though We talked about him last week it it was always going to be ichiro suzuki uh and his Uh, retirement yeah uh, this this past week i i was like at work when this was happening but i was like just sneaking looks at my phone uh when i had a free moment and it was, it was a really heartwarming thing, especially that he was able to go out in Japan in front of like his home crowd. Um, when he was coming off the field and hugging each of his players. And then you say Kikuchi came over and hugged him. Um, the, the, the new Mariners pitcher who came over from Japan and, and grew up watching Ichiro as his childhood hero for like, for And it, w- it was his first game that he was pitching in. It all just felt so like storybook, and I was crying, and Kikuchi was crying, and I'm sure <laughs> other people were. And I was like, this is too much for me. And so I am going to miss Ichiro immensely, but what a fucking way to go out, man. I, I tip my cap to him just
1: eternally. The craziest part to me about the Ichiro retirement is that The way that it happened couldn't have even happened five years ago when Ichiro probably should have retired. Like when he was 40, we were probably like, I mean, he still had some good years since then. But when he was 40, we were probably like, okay, it's probably time for him to retire now. But the Japan series thing wasn't even a thing at that time. And Ichiro basically outlived and outlasted the concept of not playing baseball in Japan. (laughs) So he (laughs) got to retire in the country where it all started. And that's really, truly amazing. It was a really emotional moment when he told D. Gordon not to do the bow, and they went for the hug. Mm-hmm. I just I need a moment. <laughs> I needed yeah, a moment. I know. Yeah. Um. Shout out Ichiro. Shout out Ichiro. All right. Hit me with your number one, and then we're we're drafting some gifts. My number one is, and this is potentially maybe cheating a little bit because it's just kind of the idea that real baseball is starting, but it's it's Degrom versus Scherzer on opening nice. day. Um, that is like, that is the best pitching matchup that I could imagine in baseball, period. NL, AL doesn't really matter. And it's happening on opening day with my favorite team against one of my favorite pitchers to watch, Max Scherzer. That's not on the Mets, you know, because all of, I even loved watching Jason Vargas, you know, it's great because that's what being a fan is. So that's my number one. It's the thing I've been thinking about most, um, that opening day pitching matchup, because I remember, uh, thinking back on, rediscovering watching 100 games a year in 2015 because that was when I went to college and didn't have anything better to do. 2015 season was our first year, our first full baseball season in college. And I remember watching opening weekend that year. And I think it was, I think opening day was, it was one of Harvey de Gram or Syndergaard versus like Strasburg or something. And the Mets swept the Nets that season. And I don't know, I'm hoping there's some kind of synchronicity here. Uh, I might be reaching, just like all Mets fans are reaching, by being like, "But that rotation, though." But I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. But that rotation, though. So uh, I'm hoping to kick it off well. Um, Degrom versus Scherzer. And worst case scenario is that you know, like Scherzer goes seven innings with like 14 Ks and the Mets lose. But in that case, it's like, damn. Okay. Well, tip your cap, Scherzer is incredible. Um, yeah. And I'm excited for that this year. So much. So much
0: baseball just just back. Thursday cannot come here soon enough. This is like Christmas in March for me, basically. Like this is it's going to be Christmas for the next like 6 months basically. Just mm-hmm. every day I get to wake up and there's baseball on. I could not ask for more.
1: Yes. So we've uh we've sufficiently proven ourselves to be complete and utter nerds who are devoted to baseball in a way that's borderline unhealthy. Um, and we're going to continue to do that after this quick break. We are going to do the second annual all gift Draft. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids
0: jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer.
1: It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. All right, Alex, last year, to preview the 2018 baseball season, uh, we decided instead of going with the traditional let's tell everyone who we think is going to win divisions, uh, which is not our specialty, we're not predictive, we're not that analytical, really. We, We defer to other folks on the analytical side of baseball, and then we recycle and re- regurgitate those takes where appropriate. Um but where we are experts, I think is in just fucking loving baseball players. I think we it's safe to say that we are experts in that respect. So what we did last year was we did an all gift draft where we drafted players each we went back and forth and drafted the players we thought were going to produce the best gifts that's GIF the the online uh moving image that repeats itself. For those of you folks who don't know what a GIF is, is not gift, even though all of these players are gifts in our lives. The all gift draft, um, where we went through we, we took one player from each division and two wild card players on our gift teams and then we summarized it all in a webpage um where you can go find on tipping pitches com, or if you just search tipping pitches all gift draft. You can see last year's and you can share who you thought had the better season last year if you'd like. And we're going to do it again this year because it was a lot of fun. And it's the best way we know how to preview the several different divisions of baseball that we don't tend to talk about that much Um, just because we spend too much time talking about labor and yelling about socialism. But um, I'll run through the categories real quickly of what makes for a great GIF. You know, we can go outside those, those structures from time to time if we would like. But these are the general things that we decided last year were what makes a five tool or a seven tool in this case, I guess, gift player. It's number one, bat flips, because of what we talked about with Tim Beckham. Number two, antics on field or off field. So if you're like a weirdo in a good way, or like, you know, you're prone to a good quote or a good prank. Uh big home runs, like my man Aaron Judge. Uh big smile, like my man Frankie Lindor. The unnatural pitch movement category, which is a personal favorite of mine. I like when Someone throws something that the batter has no idea what direction it's going in. Emphatic displays of emotion because we don't get enough of those in baseball and we hate how people are trying to stamp those out. And those can be positive, negative. Those can be jumping up and down or those can be crying like Willem or Flores. And then number seven is just straight up web gems. We all know what that is. That's Andrew 10 Simmons, this category. He's the king of it. And uh, all right. I don't think we need to put it off any longer. Alex, I had the first pick last year. And I took Bryce Harper because he's my he's my love. And uh for that reason, you have the first pick this year. And uh you were really excited about that. So I'm excited to see who you chose. Alex, with the first pick in the 2019 all gift draft, who are you gonna take? Honestly, it was only ever gonna be one person. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> of course <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I hope you weren't on Pins and Needles waiting for my pick because you knew who I was going to take. I took him last year for my first overall pick. Yes, it's the it's the one and only Yasiel Puig. Uh, now from the NL Central, so he's gonna he's gonna start filling up my my positions there. But Puig needs no explanation. I'm he's, sad. I wanted him. I know. I bet you did. But he just was, killed Bryce last year. He was the better I, pick.
1: You you won. Yeah.
0: yeah. So Puig. The love of my life. I'm so excited for you.
1: That's a really good pick. Yeah. Um, Okay. I know I was lamenting the idea. I I was lamenting how thin the NL Central is, and you were saying that you disagreed with that take. But now you've already taken Puig, who I knew was going to be at the top of your NL Central. So now I'm curious to see what your thoughts were on the NL Central. But we'll save those for later. Funnily enough, I am also going to stay in the NL Central, and I'm going to go with the beautiful... The full of flair, the eye black, the everything, the tagger, everything, Javier Baez. Nice. Javier Baez is just, he's everything, man. He's everything that we ask for in baseball all the time. He plays with so much flair and he has so much fun. And he, for better or for worse, sometimes ignores the analytics and does what he thinks is best suited to him as a person, as a personality. And he just plays with so much heart. And you can tell how much the Cubs love him. You can tell how much Cubs fans love him. I just, he's like everything that we need in a baseball player. He's everything that Phil Mushnick freaks out about in a baseball player, him and Yasiel Puig. So we're really going anti-Phil Mushnick with these first two picks. And that's, that's what I want our brand to be, anti-Phil Mushnick. So yeah, uh, yeah bias, give it to
0: me. I love it. Good pick. I, I had him on my team last year and it, it I was well rewarded for that. I thought so. about
1: while I was while I was looking at the teams from last year, I thought about how we probably are just gonna like trade a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, Pretty much. <laughs> from team to team last year, where it's like you picked him last year and I was like, fuck, that was a good pick. And now yeah. this year <laughs> I'm just gonna pick up where you left off. Yeah. All right. Well, with uh, pick number two, I'm gonna go with uh
0: the guy that you took you stole from right out under me last year. And I'm really happy that you didn't take him with your first overall pick and that's Francisco Lindor.
1: Yeah. Good. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to hog him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he's going to be, he's from the AL central obviously, uh, which is an interesting division. I'm curious to kind of see where we go from here uh, yeah. because there tough are some silver picks, but it's a, it's a tough division, but, uh, but yeah, Francisco Lindor, let's do it. You and Puig together just m- make me want to get up in the morning.
1: Oh, God. I love him so much. I'm sad just thinking about how I didn't take him first overall. Man, I'm having regrets. Um, (laughs) No. Okay. All right. Pick Uh, number two. Pick number two. I'm going to take Bryce. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Screw it. Okay. He's in a new new uniform. He's trying as hard as he possibly can. He's the tryhardiest tryhard I've ever seen, which means, you know, he might enter. I don't know if he's going to do the Home Run Derby or anything like that, but... He's going to be in the headlines all year and he is going to want to make a good impression on Philadelphians. So he's going to try to endear himself to that home crowd. So basically you can count on 81 games where he's just being an absolute fool and you know he's going to come with the fashion, you know, he's going to come with the big home runs, you know, he might even bat flip angrily or happily. And I love Bryce. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for him. And even though he's a Philly and even though he's probably going to continue to kill the Mets this year. Uh, I got to be true to myself and take the players that I love over all rivalries. I respect that, especially in a
0: really deep NL East. Uh, But if there's anyone who's going to go this high in the draft, it's got to
1: be Bryce Harper. The NL East is absurdly deep. I have like 10 names here. I know. It's insane. I don't have enough wild cards for this.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, My third pick, the, uh, the fifth overall pick, is... I have to go back to the I have to go back to the war room and deliberate. <laughs> Jesus. I know who I know who it's gonna be. Okay. Uh, especially because the, the the AL East is similarly interesting. So I'm gonna take my first pick from there. Okay. And go with the I'm one nervous. and only and go with the
1: one and only Mookie bets. No, 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 no! Yeah, yeah. No, yep. no! God, yep. I thought about taking him <laughs> first because I didn't want you to take him. I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, man who needs no introduction. I hate that we share a brain. I know, we literally share a brain. I oh was my God. looking at all GIFs of him <laughs> all day. They are so good. I went down so many GIF rabbit holes while doing my research, putting together my draft board for this. It's incredible. Y'all should just peruse the MOB.com GIF archive. I know we've plugged it before, but it's so good. But just getting to watch Mookie shimmy on second base like over and over and over again is all
1: I need in my life. I'm sitting here with my fucking arms crossed angrily. I'm, I'm so mad. No one took him last year, so I thought I could sneak I him in there a couple I rounds know. from now. No. He's well. so ridiculously handsome. He has the big gold chain that's always falling out of his shirt whenever he hits a laser home run. He's a great defender. He oh god, he's so good. I'm so upset. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, I'll I'll give you a few few seconds to uh to regroup, figure out uh where you want to go from here. But uh but you are now on the clock for your third pick.
1: Well, now pick I want to take six. something Now I want to take something where it feels like I'm stabbing you in the back, but I don't even know how to do that. I'm I'm, I'm like thinking about game theory now. I'm getting too deep into this. This is a fucking <laughs> fake draft that we made up. <laughs> um okay. I'm taking Manny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was good. The NL West is actually kind of thin. You know, the Padres are really interesting, and obviously Manny going there gives it a little more depth than it had last year. But I remember lamenting how difficult it was to land on someone last year. I ended up picking Clayton Kershaw, which I didn't feel bad about because of the curveball and everything. And because he's a weirdo in the dugout too, he suffers from weird baseball player disease. But, you know, with his injuries this year, him heading in the wrong direction, I kind of think the Dodgers had a shitty offseason, so I don't want to reward them this early in the draft because this is obviously a reward to get picked in the all gift draft uh, I wanted to go in a different direction and and what better option than Manny Machado in his beautifully orange tinted sunglasses that he'll be wearing in the most beautiful city in America all year he's going to be smooth as hell The fans are going to love him I'm going to love him I'm going to go down there and see him as much as possible so Maybe I'll get to see a gif in real life, the old-fashioned way. You know. Yeah.
0: Right. You're gonna get to root him on in person. You're gonna maybe try and go up to him like during batting practice before Got game. You be like, like, squad, be like, Got you on my all gift squad, bro. Got you on my all gift squad, and he's gonna be like, security, <laughs> just get away from me. Uh, yeah, Manny. All right, seventh overall pick. Kind of surprised this guy fell this far. So I'm just gonna swoop in and grab him. I'm curious how. Uh, what's your other NL Central pick's gonna be? But mm. uh, but I'm gonna pick a. Uh, I'm gonna pick Joey. I got to do it.
1: Yeah. I had him on the squad last year. Yeah. He's a
0: good guy. He's a big fan. Not much, uh, not much to add about that, but I hope he steps on some airplanes or uh, interacts with Puig in some fun ways. I got the team chemistry going really well there. Yeah. You got like a little pairing going on. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how this, uh, how this
1: pans out. I like it. Good pick. I like the synergy with Puig. I like that. They're going to make each other weirder in different ways. Yeah. You know, like they're both weirdos. But they don't share a lot of characteristics, so I'm curious as to see who rubs off on who more. I'm kind of hoping that Puig rubs off on Vado more. If he starts like sticking his tongue out and doing weird stuff, I'm all about it. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> sure. This is the, uh, the, uh, the sexual podcast of the year. <laughs> we're talking about mustaches. We're talking about tongues out and shit. <laughs> okay. I realize that I've taken three in the NL. Which is strange because I've been focusing so much on the AL with my AL only keeper league in the last two weeks. Um, so I'm going to head over to the AL and I'm going to go to the AL West and I'm going to take Matt Chapman Mm. because of the defensive. Yeah, because of the defensive highlights. You know, I had to do it to you. Um, yeah, I mean, you didn't, you didn't. (laughs) But I get it. <laughs> you <laughs> you took Lindor. What do you want me to say? Uh Matt Chapman, mustache, no mustache, whatever. I don't really care what he's wearing, I don't care what uniform it is, I don't care where what country it is, what stadium, anywhere. Give me Matt Chapman in that defensive stance looking like I don't even know what. It's uh, it's uh, it's what my
0: Little league coach called Poopin' in the Woods. It's the poopin' in the Woods stance. Essentially, get yeah. Your, but, get your butt
1: down low. But <laughs> <laughs> it's poopin' in the Woods plus, like, he has this crazy, like, wingspan that he gets into. Like, he he stands with his arms, like, wide so he can cover more area. And he just has the reaction time to get his glove where it needs to go. I don't know. I just find it fascinating to watch him play defense. And he obviously has had some of the most historically great defensive seasons this early in his career. And, I mean, I don't see a reason why that's going to be any different this year. Um, so I want him to kind of bolster up the the defensive part of my all-gift team. I mean, Manny Machado is going to be great as well. I, I have two great defensive third basemen, but Machado's not 100% in there for his defense. And, you know, neither is Chapman. He's a, he's a good hitter, too. He's handsome. He can throw a good Josh Hutcherson smile in there. From time to time, but primarily because of his defense and primarily because he's on the A's and I needed to steal him from you.
0: Yeah. It, it it hurts, but I respect it. Um, all right. I'm gonna go with a uh with someone who uh has just really started to uh broach our collective consciousness as baseball fans. And uh I really maybe he's I a bit of a uh, wild card.
1: What you're gonna do it.
0: I know you're gonna do it. <laughs> I probably I probably will do it. Ah. Uh this is I'm gonna go back to the AL East. Yeah, well you are. Damn it! Yep, and I'm You're gonna go stolen over to the, from Tron-
1: the AL East twice <laughs> from me.
0: Toronto Blue Jays. I'm gonna take the one and only Vladimir Guerrero no. Jr. Hell yeah! Now I have no Hell one else yeah. from the AL East. God, you really to me. <laughs> I know, Fuck. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. There are gonna be so many gifts of Vlad Jr. When the uh, Blue Jays stop manipulating his service time and call him up uh, in May. And I'm excited for that to actually happen because baseball is about watching extremely talented people do extremely fun and exciting things. And he's one of the best at doing that. So if the Blue Jays could get their act together and just fucking call him up already, that'd be really great because there are some glorious gifts in the waiting.
1: Go off. We stand. Yeah. Um, Damn it. Yeah, sorry. I'm really upset with myself. Bad strategy on my part. Should have thought more about that. <laughs> I'm sitting pretty
0: over here, man. I'm I'm liking the way my squad's looking so far. I mean, there's no way there's no wrong answer to of this, so we all look uh, good. Except except all of your picks. I don't know. Wow. I think I think I think, uh, I think think my team's looking really good so far.
1: Dissing Mad Chapman to own me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Yeah. You took like five of the guys that I had bolded on my list already.
0: Which. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's I mean, I'm bad. not really, but it's a bad you know. beat. With you, all right. Things are going Uh, well
1: for me. Need to make up some value in the back half. Yeah, pick number ten. You're on the clock, buddy. Pick number ten. Um, Ahmed Rosario. I'm going to get my guy. I'm going to lock him up because of all the reasons that I talked about earlier. I think it's going to be. Uh, I hope it's going to be a breakout year for him. But also, he's very high on my list of things that I care about this year. His happiness and his happiness will produce gifts because you know it'll be handshakes in the dugout. It'll be. Uh first to third on a single. It'll be good defensive highlights. It'll be just like his ridiculous tools just going out of the zone to hit a pitch the opposite way. Like I said earlier, one of the most just one of the most handsome Mets that I've seen in a really long time. So I'm I'm thinking about a Francisco Lindor-esque big ol' smile from the dugout, just a nice little tight shot on him in the dugout from SNY. Shout out to my dudes running the SNY cameras. Um Give me Am Rosario. I can't let I can't let him get away to you. I just can't. Yeah, no, it,
0: Rosario. I mean, he's he's really got a chance here to shine. And if he puts together a good uh, a good gift season, you could easily see him going uh, going in the top three overall next year. So I'm it's excited kind of a reach. I mean, he, he might just
1: be bad. <laughs> like there's a chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the that's the fun of this is we have no idea what any of this. You took Bartolo name's. last year. He had
1: like ten yep. starts. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: uh all right for my uh for my next pick i'm gonna go to the n l west over here because i really don't i really don't know what i'm gonna do for this division okay. um and i'm gonna snag walker bueller nice because, i had him on my list too because like on every fourth pitch, especially when he strikes someone out, he just like screams insanely loud and insanely enthusiastically and it's good and there's automatically a gif made of it i went to the to that mob.com, uh gif archive just a treasure trove treasure trove and i searched dodgers and that was he was like 75% of the gifs on there yeah. and yeah, it was just I, all him yelling into there's air. a lot
1: of boring dodgers players let me tell you <laughs> uh huh yeah <laughs> i mean obviously like yasiel was really exciting last year on their team and and kike is great and and that and whatnot, and I I actually like Jock. I think he's fun to watch because he just basically swings his helmet off every play. Yeah. But uh, in terms of like being in the elite of the elite GIF players, I really think it's basically just him. Basically, yeah, I don't think you're going to see
0: Chris Taylor on my uh, my list anytime soon.
1: No baby blues, baby Chris blues T- though, man. <laughs> the baby blues and the trimmed beard. True. Good pick. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm really just fuck. I don't know what to do about the. Uh, the ALE, so I'm going to stay away from it <laughs> for now while I regroup. Um, and I'm going to, I, well, I'm I'm stuck between who I want to use my second wildcard pick on. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take Max Scherzer. Ooh, clutch pick. Because, uh, you know, you still have to fill your NLE thing, and I know it's a, it's a really deep division. Um, but I don't have a ton of pitchers yet. Actually, I do, this is my first pitcher off the board. And... What better player to take than Max Scherzer? I'm realizing as we're drift as we're drafting these, we're really kind of on the same page about a lot of these guys. Like we're only picking dudes from. You've only picked dudes like retreads from last year, who I also had on my list that I would have taken from last year, and um, all the new dudes that you've picked, like Walker Bueller and stuff, and Mookie Betts, were also guys that I had added to my list this year. So just further proof that we're on the same page about a lot of this stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah wildcard number two. Max Scherzer just I'm probably just going to use the same gift that you used of him last year where he's just <laughs> fucking hyping himself up yeah. um, under his breath as he's getting ready to pitch he is so great and he's so fun to watch and he just he goes out there like every single game is his last and I know that's so cliche to say but really like just leaves it all out there and he's a ridiculously good pitcher obviously because he's won several Cy Youngs in the last few years Um and, you know, I just got keep to that, keep that streak going of me taking rival players to my own team.
0: <laughs> uh, I like it. That's a good pick. Scherzer, he was, he was good to have last year. He was good for us. He was really good for the team chemistry too. So uh, so <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to see what he does for you
1: guys. Also, I think he has like a bunch of really cool dogs. Maybe we can yeah, get a gift of a does. dog somewhere yeah. in here. Yeah. I need social media to come through on that. Some Nationals reporter somewhere. Hook it up. <laughs>
0: All right. For my next pick the overall pick number 13. Uh mm, yeah. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to head on over to the AL West because I would need to fill that out and mm. while I'm still a little bitter that you uh, that you took Matt Chapman from me, I'm going to uh I'm going to move over to the Mariners and snag D Gordon. Okay. Whom I whom I love and who I feel like maybe doesn't necessarily get all the love that he deserves playing in Seattle, but he is so much fun out there on the, I mean, that Mariners lineup, like last year was insanely fun. And I feel like he brings a really good energy and he has the cutest smile you have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing him like play around with like Edwin Encarnacion and, and Tim Beckham. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to produce some quality gifts this year.
1: This is a weird team. The Mariners are a yeah. weird team this year. Yeah, they are Edwin a weird and on and their squad is weird. Yep. Forgot um, about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Me too, till you just said it. Um ha- shout out Mitch Hanniger stands. Stand up. What up? Uh yeah, that's a good pick. I like it. I, I thought when you said that you were going to the AL West and uh when you lamented the fact that I stole Matt Chapman, I thought you were going Simmons, but it seems like no one is getting Simmons this year. Mm. Uh, I'm going to, like I said earlier, I'm just going to leave the AL East to last. Uh, And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fill my AL Central spot. My AL Central spot is going to go to Carlos Carrasco. Wow. Uh, This is kind of a deep cut, but I'm a dork. I'm such a pitching dork. I'm such a pitching ninja stan. Carlos Carrasco, his slider is like, it's completely unfair. I, I, I could watch highlights of it all day. And I only have one other pitcher on my squad. Um, And so I wanted to balance it out a little bit. It's just ridiculous what he can do and his K per nine. And I know he's had a lot of issues with walks and whatnot, and he's been hurt a little bit and all of that sort of stuff. But I, I love that Indians pitching staff and I love watching him on the Indians pitching staff the most because his stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. I realize this is probably not a crowd pleaser pick, but just, just the idea of the gifts of him throwing a slider that just ends up in the dirt and four feet away from the batter, and they're just like looking at their hands like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. That's a really satisfying idea to me. So, Carlos Carrasco.
0: I, I, I respect that pick. I like that. It's a, it is a deep cut, but I'm sure that you're going That's gonna, a baseball
1: stand pick right there. That's what it is. That's a yeah. pitch tunneling king pick right there. <laughs> Jesus
0: Are you sure you don't want Trevor Bauer on your squad?
1: God, stop. All right, we're down to our final picks, Alex. You have left the NL East, the deepest division, which was smart, and I left the AL East, which is not a deep division, which was dumb. <laughs> uh, I've I've
0: got some some uh, some AL East players if you if you want them. I mean, like players I didn't choose. That's, I'll just send you my list right now. You can pull from mine. <laughs> I have a what view. about what about trades? Let's make some draft day trades. Honestly, sure. What do you want for Mookie Betts? Because that was the <laughs> fucking guy that I wanted. Uh. Your first pick next year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Honestly, right. I would give you that. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I want Mookie. Sorry. You're just going to take Puig again next year, which honestly, you two are should bonded by love forever. It's fine. <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah, Mookie's all mine. I'm sorry. Well, he's <sighs> all of ours, but he's on my gift team. So We almost had a, a tipping pitches gift draft first. <laughs> Trade.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Bringing it back in. My last pick. Yeah. Like you said, coming from the NL East, deep ass division because that Braves team is fun. That Mets team is fun. That Nationals team is fun. That Phillies team is super stacked right now. But I am going to go with the Atlanta Braves, who have a, t- a ton of fun young players, and, uh, and pull my boy, Ronald Acuna Jr., who just Good pick. insanely cute. First of all, insanely, <laughs> insanely fun to watch. And there were, I was actually a little torn between him and Juan Soto because, uh, because I feel like they exude similar energy. Like the, I mean, they certainly were in the same race, the the same rookie of the year race together. And, uh, and there are even some gifts of them goofing off together. And so, but Acuna rounds out the team, I think quite nicely. And, uh, and, and yeah, we're ready. We're ready to take the league by storm this year.
1: That's a good pick. I had him on my uh, big board as well, but I had to stop taking players that are directly competing with the Mets. Um, okay. The time has come. The final pick. I have to make a decision. I'm between two guys. All right. Do you want to be my draft day advisor since your team has already settled? Sure, why not? Okay. I'm between Aaron <laughs> Judge, who I had okay. on my team last year. who was a good gift guy. Yeah. And Jackie Bradley Jr. Ooh, Nice. It's tough, uh, right? Because on one hand, the Dingers, the smile, the chains, the 6 foot 7 of it all. But on the other hand, Jackie Bradley Jr. getting a Red Sox on my team would be great because they do that like weird hip shake celebration when they get on base. Yeah, <laughs> well and they, and they also and the
0: outfielders have like their celebration at the end of every game. Yeah. Which is yeah. dope.
1: Also, yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. is like in the running for the most handsome players in the league. Yeah. I
0: might, I, might, I might lean towards him. Uh, it's, this is that anti-Yankees bias over here.
1: <laughs> so fair. <laughs> also, what, whatever. The, what the hell? I'll just mix it up because uh, I had Aaron Judge on my team last year and I love him. He's great. He's great for baseball. He's the face of baseball if we want to have that conversation at some point this season. Um, but Jackie Bradley Jr. is so good at defense that he pushed a plus-plus center fielder to right field in Mookie Betts. Because that's how great he was. And now the Red Sox just have an all-time great defensive outfield. And it it kind of won them a World Series last year. So I have the possibility for those gifts. And I also have the possibility of just the Red Sox just winning 100 games and him looking happy with that great, perfectly trimmed beard, just looking athletic, looking happy, making plays in the outfield. And uh, you're right about the celebrations in the outfield. That was a great point. I think that pushed it over the fence for me. Yeah. Nice pick. I like that. I
0: didn't even, I thought about him uh but i didn't he was honestly not even on my board i'm not gonna lie just because i don't know i was i was kind of banking on just getting
1: mookie i needed that i needed him in my life so uh but yes so was i I yeah (laughs) (laughs) who else did you have on your list for the al east let's get into a couple uh a couple sleepers a couple honorable mentions and then we'll wrap it up uh al east uh, i had uh i had luke voigt As a potential ALE sleeper, yeah. Uh, I also also (laughs) he looks ridiculous though. (laughs) can't. he looks insane. His shirt down to his stomach. I cannot co-sign that. (laughs) Come on, you know how many fucking kids from Staten Island will use that as a green light to just wear their Yankees Jeter jerseys unbuttoned to games? Come on. I know.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a frat boy.
1: Um, uh, I mean, if we want to go in the other direction
0: for a uh, similarly chunky dude, I also had, and this is probably deep sleeper pick right here, but, uh, but G-Man Choi, first mm. baseman from the Tampa Bay Rays, who I, I have this defining memory of his walk-off home run where he does this massive bat flip. And then halfway down to first base, he stops and does a huge fist pump in the air as the ball goes over the fence. And I'm like, if you can do that as a rookie, you can, you have, the sky is the limit for you, my guy. So uh, I think, I think that he would have been a a fun one as well.
1: That's a good deep cut right there. Okay. Here's a couple of my deep cuts. Ready for the deepest of all deep cuts? Yeah. Hit me with it. Taron Guerrero, the reliever from the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the ease with which he throws just 102 miles an hour, and he has that like subtle little leg kick afterwards, and he has good off-speed stuff, it's just incredible to me. I was never going to actually take him, but I wanted to put him on here as an honorable mention because, damn, if you have not watched that dude pitch, it's unbelievable. He yeah. he throws 102 like I flick a piece of trash into a trash can. It's insane. Um, Let's see. Who else that didn't get taken? Tatis Jr. I wanted to take him, but he's not going to play mm. enough this year. Yeah. Uh AL Central, Williams estadio I'm kind of surprised yeah. he didn't go. I probably could have taken him over Carlos Carrasco, but I had to be me and take a picture. Yeah,
0: yeah I had him on my list too, and he, and he's fun to watch. I mean, I'm I'm actually, if we want to get serious for for a hot sec, I'm very I'm very conflicted uh, about not Williams estadio in particular, but but where from where all the all the love comes for him yeah. because part of part of it feels real in that it's a person who plays baseball unlike anyone else right he has these just very unique skill set and he doesn't look like he belongs on a baseball field um but that's the other half of it is that like part of it it's it's sometimes like you can't really tell if we're laughing with you or if we're laughing at you like when he like goes to field the ball and like face plants and we're all like there's a GIF. It's like, uh, I, they, I, feel, I feel a little weird about this. However, yeah. he's, he's insanely fun to watch regardless because he never strikes out and never walks. So from a baseball Agreed. perspective,
1: also, great guy. the no-look pickoff was insane. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Unbelievable. That, might, that would be enough to make a, a GIF squad. If yeah. there were three teams, that would be enough to put him on a third team. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. For, also from the AL Central, I had Mondesi. But he doesn't do enough else besides steel bases. But he's really fun.
0: Yeah. The, the Royals were... I, I was looking through the Royals. And you know who would have been a great pick, but he's out for the year, is Salvador Perez. In say He had so many good gifts. I was looking through the, really? the like Royals archive. Yeah. yeah. In, like more than anyone else. Just because he gets so hyped up and he gets so... I don't know. He's always got this huge smile on his face. So... Uh I'm
1: you know maybe maybe he'll be back on the board next year. Um he's a lot of fun. You know, I have my thing against the Royals, but I don't really have very much against him. Um your boy Loriano, he would have been a good True. pick for the yeah. defense, but I, I ended up going Jackie Bradley Jr. Anyway, obviously Otani. Um yeah. you lose out on the pitching aspect of him this year, but he's incredible. He's so fast, so talented, he has so much power, and he also he's got the smile tool. Yeah. Uh that's pretty much it. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, you mentioned Kike earlier. Um, My my deep cut pick, actually, for the NL Central was Yadier Molina. He was the one who, like... Oh, God. My my fallback pick. Oh, don't... Oh, God, Yadier Molina. Uh, Give me a break. Give me a
1: break. Yeah, we get it. Okay, we get it. You're on the Cardinals. Cool. You're Yadier Molina. You're the best defensive catcher ever. Fine. Whatever.
0: (laughs) I love that this... This very structured like segment just evolved into us like talking about players we're excited to watch for this yeah. upcoming <laughs> That's the year. Like, know? I know this feels like OG tipping pitches. So I'm glad we I'm glad we brought it back to, to yeah some, to something that we we knew and loved. And frankly, we're just both really excited for the baseball season. What better yes, way are. to talk about it than talk about our favorite
1: players? All right, capping off the all gift draft, um, yeah. good squads. Let me read through them real quick one more time, and then um, we're going to do an Honorary Hall of Fame uh, induction for the gift teams. Um, My squad goes Bryce Harper, Javier Baez, Manny Machado, Jackie Bradley Jr., Carlos Carrasco, Matt Chapman, Ahmed Rosario, and Max Scherzer. And your squad, Alex, goes Ronald Acuna Jr., Yasiel Puig, Walker Buehler, Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, D. Gordon, Joey Votto, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Good fucking squad, man. You, You got me this year. (laughs) My guys are going to need to really overperform. Okay. The honorary induction to the GIF Hall of Fame is going to Adrian Beltre. Pour one out. If you're drinking at home, Alex, pour out that glass of wine. Adrian Beltre is a GIF king. Just an absolutely untouchable GIF player. Um, And he called it quits last year. So shout out to him. Shout out to a great career. He's an undoubted Hall of Famer. And in the real baseball Hall of Fame, when we become famous enough for the uh, tipping pitches GIF Hall of Fame to matter, uh, he will also have that honor on his baseball reference page.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, he was, I had him on the squad last year. And frankly, he was a joy. And I'm just happy that he's going to have my squad's hat uh, on yeah, his Yeah. I was just gonna say, going to say he's
1: going in an Alex jersey. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, this was good, Bobby. This was good. Our squads look good. I'm excited for the year. Me too.
1: Alright, Alex, as you said, we are so incredibly excited for this baseball season to start. We hope that you're just as excited as us, and we hope you enjoyed the tipping pitches pitches preview you could ever get. (laughs) We went (laughs) off the rails several times, and this was total bullshit, but, you know, sometimes that's what baseball is. Before we get out of here, I do want to quickly plug, uh, Alex and I were lucky enough to curate a podcast collection on Radio Public. I know we've talked a lot about Radio Public, but we think what they're doing is really cool. Uh, They pay independent podcasters for listens and stuff, which is why we always send you over to Radio Public. I think it's a great app. I use it every day. Um, But yeah, so we curated a collection on shows that we think are advancing the conversation around the culture of sports. Um, and are doing a really good job of that so please go check that out Uh, the link is going to be pinned on our Twitter probably for a while and if you can't find it just reach out to us tippingpitchespot at gmail.com tipping underscore pitches Um, we would love it if you were kind enough to share that and honestly just check those other podcasts out and if you have suggestions to add to our collection Um, we won't be able to get it into the, uh, the actual official webpage or anything, but we would love to hear more about the podcasts that you think fit into that collection because we're at least I I'll speak for myself. I'm always looking for new podcasts like that to advance the conversation. Uh, yeah, we had a really fun time pulling these together. And like I
0: said, before we went on the air, I feel like this is like the perfect kind of way to branch out from tipping pitches, certainly if you if you like what we're doing here, but even if you hate what we're doing here and for some reason are still listening at this late in the podcast, um, these are a collection of other sports podcasts who uh, are doing somewhat similar things to us or', or just kind of looking things uh, looking at sports culture critically, um, and oftentimes doing it better than us. And in less goofy ways. Most however, time, however, <laughs> however, you're, you're not going to find any all gift drafts on any of those other podcasts. So if, if you if you stick with us for any
1: reason, that's going to be it. Okay. Uh, baseball season is here. We hope you stick with us throughout it. Uh, we're going to be continuing to try to do some fun stuff. Uh, I think that does it for this marathon. Thank you all for listening so very much. We will see you next week with baseball.
0: i don't you start this off, number nine? Oh, we oh, I see. I got that makes sense
1: to start <laughs> number nine. You don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ?